folks, we all know you listen to the crew at different times of the day, so good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the preview crew. I'm your host Dan, and tonight joining me are some of the crew's finest. First up, his taste in football teams is as bad as his taste in lager. He loves a bit of skull. It's Vikings fan Craig, how are you? <laughs> I like that one. I not bad, Dan, not bad at all, mate. Good to be back on. Excellent, excellent. In a season where the Patriots fans are starting to pull their hair out at Mac Jones and there I see Bill Belichick, this man hasn't joined them with that reaction. It's Scud, how are things? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> good man, good man. I wish I was through choice, I'm just not getting the hair left. <laughs> now this man loves taking advantage of people in fantasy trades. It's big chief trading bull, it's Scuds. How are you doing yourself? Yeah, no, not bad, mate, not bad. I've been behaving myself in the trades this year. Although I was quite surprised at the one that Stu accepted. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent, guys. Good to have you on, as always. Folks, as we approach week six, some teams have positioned themselves at the top of the tree, and some are already on the phone to Caleb Williams. We'll look at some of the key games this weekend, cover the rest in one, hopefully we'll have time for a new feature of Will They Won't They. Now, we're going to get straight into the games. The first game features two quarterbacks that have been written off so many times. It's Goff versus Mayfield. First, I'm going to go to Scud. Give us your thoughts on this game, Scud. I'm actually really looking forward to it, and I wouldn't have. I've always been a fan of the Lions and wanted them to do well. But as we think we've spoken previous pods, I've got a soft spot for Baker Mayfield, and he's started really well. He's said he's somewhere where there's no pressure. They believe in him, and it's just as if he's rising to the occasion now. Um, but. I think it's got to be a really good game with both of good offences. Decent run games just now. Montgomery's come in, done well. You've also got White for the Bucks' started the season well as well. Plus, they've both got a good one-two punch at wide receiver. You've got Ramon Rassam Brown and Jamin Williams hopefully come back this week and more involved than he was last week. Then you've also got Evans and... Um, Godwin as well, so Godwin. it's a really good and both good, good young tight ends. So I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it will be probably most high scoring than people think. I know they've the Bucks have got a good D, but I just think the Lions' offense has done really well, and Goff's just surpassed everybody's expectation. I think with what he's done in previous years. Yeah, I mean Sam Laporte. I think we came out of draft, nobody expecting big things from him. He, he was a bit quiet to. Start the season became a bit of a breakout game last week, didn't you, Craig? Aye, absolutely. Um, there's there's quite a few aspects to this game. Um, I think, like you mentioned, golf, the uh, scud as well. Um, coming up against uh, the Bucks, there was uh, reading into their blitzing and basically how they're like one of the the highest percentage blitz teams. So I reckon that he's going to be seen. Quite, quite a lot of pressure in this game as well um, and they've got a pretty um, robust pass defence as well so I, 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 don't, I don't quite know um, how this game is going to go to be honest I think when you've got guys like Vera uh, Vea coming at you as well like he's an absolute monster of a unit he's pretty terrifying <laughs> so um, yeah I, I think Goff's going to have a, a pretty interesting time of it um, against, against the Bucks, and then you've got Baker on the other side who's I think he's been pretty solid. Uh, he's, 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 the completion percentage is about 70%. So he's, he's not really done too much wrong. He's slotted in pretty well. He looks pretty settled. Um, and like Scud was saying, the amount of weapons that he's 
got to throw to uh, as well. Um, yeah, going to be going to be interesting to see how this one kind of pans out. They've come off a bye uh, bye week as well, so you know they're pretty well rested. Um, both both with decent records, three and one and four and one. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Both quarterbacks have got about. I think golf's about eight yards up pass and taking these seven point one. So they're both there thereabouts with each other, but they're passing as well. So it'll be good to see. Yeah. So we've we spoken about Baker Mayfield before and him now being in a situation that really suits him. Um he's, he's struggled in different cities and different teams. And uh, probably the same could be said for golf as well. Um so how, how important that is for these two quarterbacks to find a team in a situation that really suits them. I think it showed, especially Baker Mayfield, how if he feels that kind of love from the kind of community, how well he starts to play. And then Freddie Kitchens come in, the relationship just seemed to kind of break down when he was in Cleveland. The Panthers was just a fire fire, so I don't think, I think he was kind of flung under the bus at that point. So whoever kind of walked into that job was kind of going to be struggling. And then now, as Scud said, he's, he seems to have a good coach that's, that's believing in him. Um, and he seems to be repaying him for that as well. And it's a similar story with Jared. It was quite clear towards the end, and when Stafford became available, that McVeigh was hunting for a new QB. And right away, that shows that McVeigh's got no confidence in golf. He's went into Detroit, and Dan Campbell's literally just let him loose to day one. I mean, they were one of the best teams to watch last year on offense, albeit their defense was atrocious. Um, and the offence had to kind of keep scoring to keep up, but that was on the back of Jared Goff last year as well, and they're continuing it this year, and albeit I think David Montgomery's got a lot to say in that matter as well. Um, he's allowing the, his running game has been allowing the play action to kind of flourish for Jared Goff, and, and that's when he seems to be strongest. When he's got time in that pocket, that's when Jared Goff will start picking you off. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said previously on pods, I'm a massive fan of Dan Campbell. Uh, he just seems to be a coach that players want to play for him. You see it in all different sports. He's one of those head coaches the players were running through a brick wall for him. Uh, and you, I think you can see that on the field with the Lions. Uh, I mean, if, if you were to say to anybody at the, the start of the season that the Lions would be 4-1 and, and the Vikings would be 1-4, and four, you would never have predicted this happening. Um, can the Lions can... We'll obviously get predictions for this game, but the, can the Lions keep this up? Is the divisions there now theirs to lose? I think they're going to. Yeah. I think they're in pole position at the moment, and for the best ball in the world, Craig. But I don't know. The the Vikings need to turn it around, and with JJ getting out for they won't. on IR. <laughs> but I, it's just going to be. You've got you've got some other wide receivers there, but it's going to be hard. Green Bay are just trying to find their feet after Rodgers goes, and then you've got yeah. Chicago. Turned up last week, but how often are they going to be re turning up? They've got the potential yep. to be a decent team as well. So, to me, the lines are there. And the only reason I'm saying that more on this year than last year is they've got a better, as Ross touched, Suds touched on there, the defense wasn't great last year, but they're playing a lot better this year. Hutchison looks like a first round pick this year a lot more as well. Um, he's yeah, doing well with everything. So, I just think it will be interesting. And I do think it's their division to lose. Yeah, I think so, and their their offense as well starting to click. I mean, you look at the, the last three games. Like the last game, they scored forty two points. Week before that, thirty four points. Week before that, twenty points. So, like week on uh, week on week, they're, they're building on that. Um, this this one's going to be 
certainly tough, but everything seems to be clicking for them just now. Um, and in that division, yeah, I can't see any other team putting up a challenge. Um, I think it is theirs to lose. We've, yeah, we've talked about it before, um, about what, what this Lions team could potentially do in the NFC North. So, um, again, this will be yeah, going, going, out, going on the roads. Uh, they're 2-0 away uh, at the moment. So they've been really impressive. Um, there's no reason why they, they couldn't come away with a win after this game as well. Yeah, looking at uh, the Lions, I mean, they're a team that were very much in transition, but they seem to be getting their pieces together. I mean, Goff, uh, Goff's only 28. We've obviously got Montgomery running back. We've picked up Jameer Gibbs. He's now their future running back. They've got Amon Rat, wide receiver. That offence is starting to take shape, and it's one it's going to be around for a few years. Um, as you mentioned, they've got Aidan Hutchison on their side, who's starting to really step up and, and be that stud that they were hoping he was going to be. Um, so do you think this is a, this is a, a start of a, a, a run of the, the lines not being the lines? If that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm still recovering for the shock of Scott Conrad. My Sunday name is Ross, um, <laughs> so uh, I'll take, take a wee minute there. Um, no, I, I think it could be as you mentioned. DC seems to be building something with that team. Um, that. Offensive coordinator, I think, had potential issues lined up for head coaching roles and he knocked him back because he was excited about the project to stay in, the, in Detroit. His name's escaped me just now. Um, but again, you can just see what this team is building. You've also got the likes of Penny Sewell on that offensive line, who's going to be probably one of the linchpins of that offensive line for the next few years. Hopefully, he was, say, a rookie pick last, uh, last year. I can't remember now. I think um, it was. But he was he was a first rounder a couple of years ago. So they are building mm. a young team. Um, I think it's now up to the rest of the the rest of the NFC North to try and kind of catch them. I think they expected Chicago to take a step forward. They haven't done it. Um, Minnesota were unlucky two seasons ago in one score games. They rode the luck last year in one score games, and then it seems to be back to the way it was the previous year where the one score games are killing them. Um, they just can't seem to get that balance. And as Scud mentioned, Green Bay are, are in transition. It's a lot of what's going to happen there is going to be how does how does Love keep progressing through the season? Is he going to be the franchise quarterback? If he is, then can they stabilise themselves? Because they've certainly got some good young weapons in there as well. Um, but can, can you say stabilise after quickly? young? Can you say stabilise after Love the other week? Certainly wasn't stable, was he? <laughs> Sorry, it's got in. No, you're all right. The, the drunken man routine at the back of the. Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, just taking a finish off. I think it is definitely. De- this is looking like Detroit's division for the next few years for me, unless something drastic happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think the lines have been. Dan Campbell's really building something there. And the. the the owners have given him the time to do that and they've, they've really backed him. Uh, and I think the support he's getting from, from that is, is really helping. Flapping over to the Bucks then. So, obviously we mentioned Mayfield and him finding his home. The Bucks are kind of, I think, on the offensive side, they've all really at the other end, the other end of the scale with them. They've got experienced players. They've got, obviously, Godwin, Mike Evans have been around for a while. Um, wh- wh- how do we see this? the Bucks this year, like, 
they're in, a, they're in a division that's very, very winnable. I mean, look, looking at it now, they're three and mm. one. The Falcons are three and two. The Saints are three and two, and the Panthers are zero and five. That division was probably at the start of the season. You could, you probably couldn't have picked a winner out of that division. Um, how, how's the season going for them so far, Craig? Yeah, I mean, decent start at the beginning of the season when we were predicting the NFC South. I, I thought the Saints were probably going to be the strongest team in that division. Um, I didn't think that um, Mayfield was going to settle and hit his stride as quickly as he has. Um, and then, and again, Atlanta, yeah, I, they're going to be there or thereabouts. I still think the Saints, they've now got Kamara back. Um, they're, I think they are going to get stronger. I think that the that, that car's going to improve um, that team as well. So um, I, I could see it being pretty tight between them and the Bucks, uh, but certainly... Yeah, come come the end of the season, there's there's no reason why either of those sides couldn't couldn't top the NFC South. Um, and Panthers at zero and five, yeah, I, I think we can safely write them off as a challenge for the uh, for the division. But yeah, def, definitely a more than decent start from from the Bucks in their kind of post Brady era. Um, and they've certainly, um, you know, I think that. Life has certainly been made easy for for Baker in terms of having that experienced talent to throw to. That's you know that's for certain. Um, yeah. They've drafted pretty pretty smartly, and yeah, they seem to be building some some pretty decent momentum. The the very beginning of the season, we played them at the start of the season, and we fancied their chances, and they they showed exactly what they could do. Um, so they have they have been fairly impressive and definitely exceeding expectation. Yeah. I mean, see, as we said, the the Bucks have got a really experienced team, but coming from a team that's really got a really a tight end, a key position for them, studs. What's your thoughts on Kay Dotton so far this season? I, th- I think we've seen kind of flashes of how good he can be, and I think you seen it last year with Tom Brady as well. Um, Brady, there was occasions where they did seem to trust him, and then they'd come back the next week where it was completely anonymous again. Um, so I think it has been a kind of similar story, but. I feel kind of slightly sorry for him because it just seems to have been from the receiving court. It seems to have just been the Mike Evans show um, for the Bucks. I and mean, I don't know how many yards off the top of my head Godwin's had, but he just feels, watching their games and watching the highlights, he almost feels as if he's been irrelevant. It's been, Mike Evans has been getting all the highlights. Mike Evans has been getting all the scores. Um, so for, for me, it just seems like he's running the show there and the team's going to really fly with how Mike Evans flies, to be honest. But, I think Key Dalton has certainly mm. showed that he can be a reliable target for Baker Mayfield, and it would be nice, I think, to see a little bit more of him. Yeah, just to, just to go back to the, the point you were making there. So so far this season, uh, they had it there. Uh, Chris Gordon's got twenty-one catches for two five five. Mike Evans has got twenty for three 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 seven. Uh, touchdowns. Evans has got three. Godwin's got zero so far. Yeah, Evans is lusty. But Evans is getting more yards. Aye. Yeah, so it seems, it seems like Evans get, is getting the, the whether it's longer throws or whether it's yards after the catch, the same amount of targets and receptions. But Evans seems to be being more productive with those. He got about seventy-five yards on one catch with him. Yeah, he got a monster catch. So mm. that's probably skewing the figures more in his favour there. So he's probably getting yeah. more of an even split, but. Godwin's always going to be your sort of crossing routes short. Evans is always going to be your long shot over the top, and he's a more physical go up and get them kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, that's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, 
Godwin is class. I'm, I wasn't even in that to see a game that way for Godwin. He is a class receiver. I've seen that. It just feels almost like we're seeing so much more in Mike Evans. It's almost as if what where is Godwin type thing. So I do fully expect mm. him to kind of come into come into play at some point. Um, maybe it's a week, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely. Well, the more the more they focus on him. You know, as each game is on, the more coverage he gets. That's it's going to open up opportunities. But uh, as I said, he's he's listed as questionable. I don't know to what extent that that questionable status is. But yeah, maybe we want to keep an eye on going into the, into the weekend. Yeah, I've got the injury report here. The latest one. I'm assuming what they were on. Now. We're on Thursday. This Thursday's this Wednesday. I'm not sure about the time time difference. He didn't practice on the last injury report. What that is, uh, I don't know if it's injury or illness or whatever, but he didn't, he didn't practice on the last injury uh, report. I'm not sure. Um, so I'm not Wait, sure. Now they do make gifts for the lines. I was going to say, could Wednesday could be a veterans day as well um, a lot of the time, yeah. so that might play a factor mm. too. Yeah, so it's one, obviously they're not playing until late on Sunday, so it's, it's worth keeping an eye on no. that one as well. Um, yeah, good good coverage of the game there, guys. Let's get some predictions. Scud, how's this one going to go? I like, I'll go with the lines. By seven. Uh, I agree. I think a Lions win. Yeah. Studs? Uh, oh, just to be completely different, I'll throw a box one in there. I like you. I think this could be a, a really interesting matchup, and I think um, it might be one of the games that kind of flies under the radar this weekend. I think it's going to be a really good game between two teams that are probably fairly easily evenly matched, but uh, I think if Gibbs and Amon Ra play, I think the, the, the Lions will, will sneak it. I, I don't think I think it's going to be close. But I think the, the Lions will just take that one. All right, guys. So on to game, game two. So the Seahawks are quietly sitting at stream one. Who would have seen that coming? Uh, and we all know all about the Bengals' struggles um, this season so far. Craig, how's this one going to go? Aye, so, well, Bengals, they obviously had a big win last week um, against the Cardinals um, so I, I guess yeah they're going to be hoping that they can use that as a, a bit of a springboard really you know to get uh, kick start their season because they they have struggled I mean we're, we're into we're coming into week six and the Bengals are currently sitting bottom the AFC North uh, I don't think anybody you know would have seen that coming at the beginning of the season um, and the Steelers are top uh, again, just a wee bit of a, bit of a weird, um, weird scenario going on there. Uh, but I say good, good win for them. Um, took them a wee bit to get going. Like first half, they were fairly even, and then they get lucky with it. Um, the pick six just before uh, before the half, and then from then the, the second half they kind of dominated. So um, hopefully, you know, they're going to win that game thirty four twenty, and they're, they're improving. I think it's accurate to say that they've not. They've not been the same team offensively or defensively that they were last season. Um, but there's certainly some signs that they are definitely improving. Uh, I mean, on the subject of improving, you had Jamar Chase finally his first touchdowns of the season. Uh, you know, going into week five, that was another kind of bizarre situation. He had absolutely no touchdowns for the season. Um, the Bengals as a whole just really struggling. I think they'd only scored three up until that point. Um, so then he goes on, you know, makes up for uh, lost time and went for uh, 192 yards and three touchdowns. So yeah, it's hopefully starting to to kind of click into place. Burrows 
yeah, his, his injury struggles, he did feel, uh, um, he said in the, his post-match interview, he was feeling better. So hopefully some confidence for, uh, for the Bengals um, going into this game as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. As far as um, the, the running game goes, we're, we're mixing. Um, I was listening to one of the Bengals kind of, Pods earlier on, and they were talking about just maybe watching the weather in this one. Um, that, that might play a factor. Um, if it ends up being a bit bit wet and miserable, then maybe maybe the run game might might, might struggle a little bit. But um, yeah, for for the Bengals as well, they've had guys like Higgins struggling with a, a broken rib. So he, yeah, he, he broke it in thing week four. So it's it's basically like a pain management issue for him. Um, hopefully. You know he, he's able to play, but he, he might be struggling a little bit um, just for just for the injury side of things. So whether, whether he gets a massive amount of volume, whether he's able to or not, or whether they're going to lean on guys like um, Trent Norwin or Tyler Boyd, kind uh, of remains to be seen. But aye, from the uh, Seattle side, yeah, they've they've got off to a pretty decent start. I've got to say they. They're coming off their bye week as well, so they're going to be pretty well rested. Um, the previous game, they were, you know, they were massively impressive against the the Giants. Uh, their um, their pass rush was just unreal; like they just absolutely tormented Daniel Jones. Like he's probably still got PTSD after that game. Uh, he get absolutely torched. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's going to be you know worrisome for for Burrow. You know, having that that pass rush coming off that rest week. How how is he going to cope with that? And what what are the Bengals going to do to kind of cope with that? So, yeah, lot, lots of interesting things. But there's a few um, few injury. Um, I was looking at the injuries, like potential injury uh, players coming back. So, yeah, like the cornerback, uh, Reek Willen, he's hopefully going to be back. I don't think he's played since week one. Um, and yeah, as far as the other injuries go, like Geno Smith. Um, Jaron Reed, Jamon Jones are all full participants. No, no concerns there, which is which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Looking at it, just mentioned injury. Paul DK Metcalf didn't practice. He obviously yeah. looking off the bye week. We'll see how that one goes um, for the Bengals. You mentioned T Higgins. He was a limited uh, participation in practice, so he seems to be getting back again. I mean, as someone who's seen a lot of Joe Burrow for the last couple of years, studs. Um, Obviously, we're all surprised at the start to the season that he has had, and uh, we can put part of that down to his injury. A calf injury for a quarterback can be can be quite difficult to throw off of. But do you think that we're going to start seeing the, the proper burrow after last week? Um, I would I would like to see yes, I really would. Um, but again, it was you're looking at who he was playing against, so you're looking at one of the teams that everyone expected to be probably number one pick. Everyone's favourite for the number one back in Arizona last year. Just to interrupt you for a second, Studs. The Cardinals are a very good team. The Cardinals can beat some good teams <laughs> in this league. <laughs> I was throwing nobody under the bus for that one. Absolutely not. Um, but no, I, again, it, it was great to see Joe Burrow and um, Jim Archie took up what they did and um, get, get the big games. And you, Obviously, you want to see the best players competing every week, so you want to see. Burrow 100% versus 100% Dak Prescott or versus 100% um, Pat Mahomes. That's the games you want to see. You want to see the best of the best going against each other. So 
my hope is that yes, Burrow's back and we see him the same, um, because that will then force for me Gino, who's probably been bag average and bag average is probably pushing it um, to start the season after last year he started the season like an absolute house on fire and kind of tailed off towards the end so for me this is really need Gino Smith to kind of step up and kick on if he's going to try and keep up with the Bengals that's what we need to see we need to see him kick on yeah. so look, look, at the, look at the talent that the, the Seahawks have really got I mean on, on both sides of the ball mainly I mean Obviously, we spoke a good bit about Geno Smith, but Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Noah Fant, on that side of the ball, on the defence, you've got folk like Bobby Wagner, Devin Wellspin, Jamal Adams, Quandre yeah. Diggs, Rick Wheeler. Is it a surprise that they're 3-1, or should did, have they been a bit underestimated this season? I would say it's not a surprise, but I think that um, how, as Studs touched on it, how average Geno Smith has been, I'm surprised at that because I thought I was expecting him to kick on and be as good as last year and he's not but their offensive talent is scary good um, and I think Kenneth Walker could have a game here and he might have a say in this game because the Bengals are a big they're struggling mostly against the run they're actually got a decent pass offence but their, def- their rush defence I think is like 31st in the league so to me Walker might have a big say in how this game goes. Um, but I don't think it's a shock they're 3-1, because I fancied them to be there and about and pushing for a playoff space berth this year. But I just think Smith needs to start playing better, because when they start playing better teams, it might start getting found out more and more, because the, the defence has been OK, but it can't hold him if he's sub, having subpar performances. Yeah. Do you think that the Geno Smith we've seen this year is the Geno Smith everybody thought they would see last year? Like, if, if teams figured them out, it was last year a bit of a, a surprise, like, oh, wait a minute, Geno Smith, we, we don't know how to play against him. Whereas people, teams are now looking at him this year thinking, right, this is what he done last year, this is how we can play against him. Craig, what do you think? Well, I, the question got asked last year, like, after after Wilson left and, and went to, to Denver and when Geno came in last season and settled so quickly you know that the, the question was was surrounding coaching at the Seahawks like is it just that they've got a great coaching setup and they've got a a similar situation to the the, the conversation that keeps coming up with guys like you know Purdy and the 49ers for example saying ah you can put an average quarterback into that scheme that system and they'll they'll still excel I think I think Gino did exceed the expectations last year no doubt about it um, and he hasn't quite got to the same level yet. But then there's so many really who you would consider elite quarterbacks that we've talked about that, that haven't got to that level yet in the season. Uh, so Mac Jones, you're I right. T- absolutely, Scott. <laughs> Mac Jones, that, that elite quarterback. Um, <laughs> poor Mac Jones. Um <laughs> Aye, it's still it's still relatively early in the season. They've had they've had the bye. Um, he's probably maybe been himself disappointed, so he'll, he'll probably want to come and bounce back in this game as well, show what what he really can do. So I'd like to hope that you know, for that reason he could be could be one of the QBs to to watch this this week to put in a decent performance. Yeah, look at look at the Seahawks' the next couple of games. Obviously, we spoke at the Bengals this week. They then play the Cardinals, the Browns, then they've got the Ravens. I mean, three of those four games are winnable for the Seahawks going on current form. So, 
Well, we know the Seahawks could suddenly be six and one. That's an opposition I thought many people would expect them to be after seven games this season. Um, yeah, I think it's in, in the Bengals. We'll maybe cover a wee bit more of them. What, what the future looks like for them, but um, are the Bengals going to turn it around? Is this, is this the start of a, a new? It's a reset for them last week. Was it last week effectively game week one for them? Uh, Scud, what do you think? Um, yeah, hopefully it'll give them a kickstart to their season, and if Burrow's more healthy, um, it'll hopefully be able, they'll be able to rely on the passing so a bit more because. I want to see them do well. They're one of the better teams, and it's just been a really shocking bad start to the season. I mean, they're leveling wins, was they not? So that's telling you something how bad it's been. Um, but it's just, I, I hope, I hope the Bengals turn it around and start showing us what they're for. I just every time I've seen them, I've just been their passing game, yeah, but they've no rushing game, and they're going to struggle if they can't run the ball. Yeah. Joe, Joe Maxson's been completely anonymous. Exactly. Every time I look at it, it looks mm-hmm. just like, I think I could run through the tackles better than him. Yeah, <laughs> look at the Bengals. We also look at the Seahawks next couple of games. So after after this weekend, the Bengals look at the 49ers, the Bills, the Texans and the Ravens. That's four big games for them if they want to do anything this season. Yeah. Yeah, 100, 100%. Yeah, so... Hey, let's let's pull back to this week, obviously. So let's go predictions for this weekend. Uh, Studs, where's this game going? Um, just because I've got absolutely zero faith in Gino, I'm going to go for the Bengals. Craig, um, I'm I'm going to mix up then. I'm I'm going to go Seahawks based on. By week, and I do you know want to prove a point, so I'll go. I'll go Seahawks in this one. Scott, uh, Bengals by five. Yeah, I think watching last week, I think the Bengals have got their act together. But I know it was the Cardinals, um, but that's going to give them a bit of confidence and show them what they can do when when they're on their game. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bengals here as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a bit of disrespect to the Cardinals, but Steve, but that's what surprised me this year. <laughs> That's not a dig at Dallas, but... Oh, I'll take the dig because it's deserved. <laughs> I've been surprised how well they've played and how much they've been in every single game they've played in. That surprised me a lot. Yeah, what, what, yeah. That, to be fair, I agree with you on that. Is, and I was one that said, and we made the jokes at the Cardinals in the off-season that we were expecting to be a dumpster fire. But they're doing okay yeah. for themselves. I mean, they're not going to yeah. do much. I mean, obviously they're 1-4, but like you said, they've, they've been a competitive 1-4. Yeah, I mean, Aye, so, a feisty one and four. Okay, oh, just uh, a complete random thing. The points difference, they've put up 108 points and, and conceded 136. So for a team that's one and four, the points difference is only minus 28. It's not that bad. I mean, you look at the, the Giants. The Giants are one and four and they're minus 91. I was thinking about the Patriots. Your, your point differential must be horrendous. Well, it's just yeah, well, I think we'll the year, but Patriots is uh, minus yeah. 76. I thought that. So of all the one in four teams, Patriots are minus 76. Uh, Broncos minus 60. Giants minus 91. Ooh. Vikings minus 12, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, Cardinals minus 28. So 
they're they're a competitive one in four team this year compared to what I would expected them to be. Okay, so that's that game. So the third game we're going to cover this week. Um, I'm going to probably say this is probably going to be game of the week, or it's potential to be game of the week. Divisional matchup. Both teams are three and two. Obviously, the coach are going to be minus Anthony Richardson, but they've got Taylor wearing our week under his belt and training. But Minshew Mania on the go as usual. Um, and the Jags went to you know, London, so they did a couple of good weeks. Uh, studs, where's this one going? For me, this one, as you say, this is going to be game of the weekend. I love the fact that you and have off the Minshew Mania. I'll be bringing in the Minshew Tashies onto the podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> So, but again, that, that is the thing. You look at and uh, the Colts, they've lost Anthony Richardson. That's obviously the big news um, out of last week. But then you look at their backup. This is a guy that was driving when he came into the league um, as a rookie. He stepped into a role and he started winning games for the Jags too. So this is that's another part of this that I think's possibly been kind of forgotten about it's almost it's a revenge game for Gardner Minshew because the Jags same um, shipped him off to the Eagles. Um and yep. then he stepped in there when Jalen Hurts got injured, won some games in there as as well and kept the competitive when Hurts was injured. So he's probably one of the best backups in the league um, for me. So it's it's going to be fascinating to see how he does this week. You're looking at two teams that I think the offenses are I would say Indianapolis is eleven and the Jags are Five or something like that in terms of their, their overall offense, but their defenses are the lower half. Their defenses are like twenty fifth and twenty eighth. Um, so you can really see where this game is going to be won and lost. And just be looking at those stats, it's um, it's got the potential to be an absolute shootout, especially with what we know about Minshew and if he likes to throw the ball. Um, Lawrence has so far this year he's been a little bit handy with turnovers. Um, which is probably what he needs to crack it out of his game this week to, for the Jags. But again, on, on the Jags side, you're looking at Christian Kirk and Ridley coming off of um, both of them having over 100 yards in London last week, Travis Etienne having a very good couple of weeks in London as well. So their offence seems to be starting to kind of roll as well. So for me, it is absolutely going to be game of the week. Um, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's in terms of against other games. I think this game is a whole world of course, um, and I think it's going to go a long way to deciding the division as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've just scrolled away from it, you know, so I'll put it back up again. So the division so far is currently sitting at 3-2, 3-2, 2-3, 2-3. Three, two, three, two, so it's a really tight division, and it, and it probably, I think this may be one of the divisions we talked about in the off-season where it's going to come down to these divisional games that could potentially settle this division. Um, I mean, as you said, studs, the Jags are coming off a couple of great weeks in London and you think coming off that there's not going to be much of a hangover from that because obviously the, the travel on that, maybe teams maybe a wee bit of hangover. Oh, Scud, I'm behind you. I'm assuming by that that Scotland have just scored. Breaking news. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm, I'm about 30 seconds behind. We'll just pause the NFL <laughs> chat for a second. Guess who scored? <laughs> Jack Henry. Scott McDominay. Oh, he's going a free kick, Scott McDominay. <laughs> you should never have scored for that angle. Is he not talking goal scorer in the in the Euros? The free kick is about three yards in for the byline, halfway between the corner flag and the box, and he's put it in the far corner. <laughs> oh, You'll have to I've see not it. even seen it, and I'm going to say that's horrible goalkeeping. 
I, I went to see the replay. I, I, I what happened with the goalkeeper. Oh, Sorry, folks. You know, I thought you had to talk about NFL, but Scotland are beating Spain, so we just need to wait for a wee second to see what happens. <laughs> to be fair, I don't the keeper could do much. No, the keeper's nah, you're right. It's just a great free kick. <laughs> Sorry. It's one of those ones, it, it curled at the last second, so the goal is expected to be across, and it's just took a curve at the last second at the far post. Why are they going to be? I think he's meant it. He's, he's definitely took the shot. He's meant it. Excellent argument on having defenders on posts. They had a guy in the front post, but not in the back post. That's, this I think is, is going to be. And even if even if it does count, it's going to be squeaky bum time for the next half an hour. <laughs> then then if you're replay going. Right, let's, let's, let's come back oh, to what's uh, We'll come back to a second. Sorry. We're talking about the Jags and the Colts. So we got a wee bit distracted. I was a bit excited. Sorry, Scud. You, uh, Stud, you know what you're talking about there. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Nah, that's a goal. It's no um, so, looking at the Colts, so obviously we're all very excited with Richardson coming out of the, the draft. No more than Studs picking him up in the fantasy draft. And, uh, to be fair, up until last week, it's been a, a very good pick-up for you, Studs. Um, how much are they going to miss Richardson, or does Minshew negate that to the extent, Craig? I think I think with Minshew coming in, I was I was listening to another pod talking about this earlier on, and they came out with the line that, that Minshew is the best backup quarterback in the entire NFL. And I can't really argue with that because he's he's proven himself um, to come in and be be reliable. Uh, you know, in the, the teams he's been at so far, he's, he's stinted the Eagles and say at the Jags as well. Um, he's been absolutely solid in his outing so far. He's not thrown an interception yet. Um, he's just going to slot into this offense with very very little adjustment. Yes, it's a shame that Richardson's on IR. He's going to be out for at least a month, possibly even longer than that. Um, but with with Minshew coming in and, and taking the reins, definitely no concerns there. Um, plus, he can even if he were to struggle, and I don't think he will, they can lean on the run game. Like last week, it was all about Zach Moss. You, you know, he had twenty three odd carries, um, yeah, two touchdowns. He, he just he looked absolutely brilliant and Taylor will start to come back into it like obviously he's been paid massively you know that 42 million dollars that they've paid him um, in that contract they're going to want to get their money's worth but he's not going to immediately come in and start taking the lion's share of the the, the snaps in the grounds um he's, he's still going to be fairly limited I would think in this game so yeah for for Minshew coming in hand, hand the ball over as well to uh, to Zach Moss. Be interesting though, because the run defence of the Jags against the Bills was pretty decent against Cook. They didn't really let him do too much. So um it might force the Minshew to chuck it a wee bit more then if if they can get the run game going. Yeah. So Andy Dalton's now sitting in a corner on the half that he's now no longer the best backup in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I mean obviously I mean as I'm Zach Moss on in fantasy, I mean I was waiting and waiting for that breakout and I thought last week oh Taylor's back, that's him, Moss is done, and then suddenly he has this breakout week. How do you see the coach managing Taylor back into the team versus Moss? Good. 
I think they were running with a two-headed monster for a bit until Taylor's fully up to speed. Um, definitely, Moss has come out with what I thought he was going to be, even in Buffalo. Um, he's now shown what I thought it was going was out of college, but um, I think he'll be running with a two-headed beast. I think this is a bad game for them to start with, to be honest with you. The Jags having um, the fifth-best run defence in the league. It's going to prove hard, but they're, they're two exceptional running backs. I know Craig Smudger touched on um, Cook getting held up, but they two are different <laughs> kinds of running backs to Cook completely. <laughs> They're a lot more physical and it'll be interesting to see how they manage to cope with that. Um, but no, I do think it's, it's quite an interesting game. Interesting you call this the game of the week. To me, I was fancying the Lions and the Buccaneers' game of the week, but this is going to be a good game nonetheless. Um It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'm looking forward to actually yeah. watching it. Yeah, I mean, I, I was when I wrote up the game, I was about to toss up between those two games. And I think just the fact that this is both teams divisional. the record, it's a divisional game, could mean so much. Yeah. And for me, that is just like it was the game of the week because there's so much riding on this game. Um, I mean, they, as we know about the Colts, we've talked a lot about their offence and what they can do. Flipping it over to Jacksonville, obviously, had a good couple of weeks in London. Um, last week probably they were probably not expected to, to beat uh, the Bills. Um, how have you seen the the Jags start to the season under under Lawrence and Etienne Ridley? They have got that that talent. Obviously, you Jones and Evan Ingram there as well. Um, studs, what can this Jags offense actually do? I think when you look at the pieces that they've got, I think they can be an absolute unbelievable offense. And they brought Ridley in to be that kind of additional piece. Kirk was phenomenal last year and they were obviously looking to build on that and give a complimentary piece. Evan Ingram last year as well was back to looking like the Evan Ingram for his rookie season and I think he's going to be probably the most reliable out of the receivers albeit I think last week against Buffalo he was a bit quiet but before that he seems to be the most reliable option for Trevor Lawrence. Um, we had week one we've seen Calvin Ridley absolutely burst out and then it was like next week he started fishing. Calvin Ridley was anonymous. And then we get to last week and Calvin Ridley was back again, um, making ridiculous catches. So, I mean, the offensive pieces, once they all got on the same page for me, I think this is going to be an absolutely unbelievable offense. Um, there's, as I mentioned earlier, Trevor Lawrence, I think he's had three fumbles, um, or three turnovers or something um, mm. so far as well. Um, so, it just it's wee things like that it needs to tidy up. It's um, it seems to be it's like maybe fumbles from the snap to the centre. So I don't know if the relationship needs to be worked on there between those two. Just needs to get that cleaned up and give it'll give the offence a better chance to push on. Yeah, they definitely got the pieces there to do something. It's as if they, they, Lawrence just needs to make that step forward to, to get from a good quarterback to a great quarterback. I think, and I, he's obviously got the talent because we've seen it, but. It's the consistency that seems to be the problem with Lawrence. Um, do you think he can make that step up, Craig? Yeah, absolutely he can. The, the thing is, these are these are issues that are so easily fixable. When you look at teams that are that are struggling, that, that have massive problems, you know, um, in terms of personnel that they they need to fill positions with. The Jags don't have that issue in offense. You know, Studs has gone through just the sheer number of weapons that, that Lawrence has got. And where they have been giving up points, it's it's on silly things like it's either penalties or it's 
Lawrence making mistakes and fumbles. These are things that you know can can easily get fixed. So yeah, if if they can resolve those those let's say fairly minor coachable issues, then they should be in a in a pretty strong position for you know for winning that um, winning that division. Yeah, so we talked about Kirk, we talked about Riddler there. Uh, the wide receiver core. We've also talked about Lawrence. So you've obviously now we're talking about Etienne at uh, running back, and we've also got Bigsby, who we've not seen a lot of this season. How are they set up for running back for the next couple of years? Do you think, Scud? I think they're they're really well prepared and really well kicked out for the rest of, for the foreseeable. I think Etienne's a really good running back. He's not the most explosive through the tackles, but and in, in reception, sorry, receptions. And catching the ball, he's really good at making someone miss. But I do think Bigsby could be your big bruiser, so to speak. Almost your, your Henry or big, the old blunt type thing for the old Patriots. Just somebody who just hammers at home when required. I do think they've got two good cracking young running backs who they've got plenty of time on their side with. I think it's just a really good young team and their offence in general is... It's there to grow together. That's an encouraging thing. It reminds me of the Bengals when they had all the young players to grow, when everybody was sort of in rookie deals, etc. It's the time to grow into that full thing. They lost a year with Lawrence, but with the he who shall not be named as coach. But it's just, it's. I think they've still got a, you'll have to probably pay him next year, but I do think they've got a team that can grow together and be, be a threat in the future. For the yeah. Sturgis Chiefs. <laughs> I think getting into the season, we all looked at the NFC South and thought, that's going to be a bit of a dumpster fire division. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Rookie quarterbacks all over the place and Lawrence's are going to be consistent, but it's turning out to be a very competitive division. Um, as mm-hmm. much as I say, we looked at the Jags are 3 and 2, Colts are 3 and 2, Texans at 2 and 3. CJ Stroud seems to have really found his feet in Texas. Uh, and Ryan Tannehill is, is, is Ryan Tannehill. He's going to give you what you expect from him. This division going out the rest of the season could be a real interesting one to watch. Uh, and I'm definitely for sure one that's going to be really pay attention to what happens there. Um, right, let's get to predictions for this game. Uh, Craig, where are you going with this one? I'm leaning towards the Jags in this one. Okay. Scud? I'm going with the Colts. Studs? I'm going with the Colts and I'm going to give you a surprise hero out of it. Somebody who's been kind of quietly performing for the Colts and Josh Downs. I think he's going to go, uh, go off on this game and absolutely kill it for the Colts. Yeah. Will we keep him for this sleeper on the fantasy bit in a wee bit? Sorry, I've took a note of the name. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be a real interesting one and uh, this could go either way and I think like we said, Richardson getting out for most teams you'd be like, that's a bit of a disaster but the Colts, as we've said, are probably the best backup in the in the league um, I, oh, I'm going to go with momentum on this one, I'm going to say the Jags will take this after, they're on a decent run at the moment um, I'm going to go with the Jags on this one as well uh, Right, I made a mistake at the start of the pod guys and I apologise, I forgot about the kickoff question <laughs> the end of the games. So what we're going to do now is now we're finished covering these three games. And we're going to have Flag, a half-time. false start, false start. We're, we're going to have a half-time question, <laughs> <laughs> not a kickoff question. We'll have a half-time question, guys. So this week's kickoff question uh, was: um, of all the stadiums in the NFL, 
you're not allowed to pick your own home stadium. Which stadium would you like to watch an NFL game in? Scud, we'll come to yourself first. Um, there's a lot to choose from, but I'll go with the most obvious one because I could get a bit of gambling done at the same time and go with the Raiders <laughs> um, in Vegas. It's just, it, joking aside, the stadium looks phenomenal. And it's one I would like to go to. Um, yeah. You've also, I would love to go and see the Vikings and stuff like that as well, but I do think that stadium just looks dynamite. Yeah, we got a bit of reaction on Twitter. I think Claire the Bear agreed with me in that one. She, she fancied Vegas. Uh, when I was in Vegas a few years ago, they were just building the stadium. Um, and obviously, they were talking about oh, building the stadium in Las Vegas. It is literally the next street over from the strip. It is as close to Vegas as it could be. It's not one of these ones that is out with. They've picked a perfect location for it, and it, it does look cracking, to be fair. Uh, Craig, you mean, obviously, the Vikings stadium, the atmosphere and all that is well-renowned there but if you had to pick another stadium to go where where would you pick yeah hopefully next year i'll get to uh, get out to us bank that's that's the plan but um for for the simple reason that i want to be able to watch an nfl game from a swimming pool i'm gonna go and watch <laughs> the jags and i'm gonna book a cabana at everbank stadium that's that's <laughs> where i would go um but why would you not want to do that i mean you can, you can. I think it costs something like twelve and a half thousand dollars, right, to book a cabana, but it holds like fifty people. So I reckon that if we all chip in, right, we'll get fifty mates, and then that works at about two hundred and fifty dollars a head, and we can all just sit in a swimming pool and watch the Jags with a free bar. I mean, what's what's not to like about that? Just just rock up. Never mind like wearing your like your your jerseys and your big cheese heads or whatever to a game. Like just turn up in a pair of speedos. It's all you need, a pair of budgie smugglers and just sit in one of these pools and watch an NFL game, have yourself a wee, uh, a wee pool party. I got the class. I'm there already. <laughs> I'm there. Get me, get me on the list. I'm there. Do you know, do you know what's funny, though? Um, just I was looking up about it, like how much it cost, and there was a thing about, see the lifeguards? There's a lifeguard at these pools, right? And it must be like the easiest job in the world. You literally get to sit in a chair and watch, watch the Jags play football. But they're not allowed a whistle. The NFL didn't allow them to have a whistle in case it interrupts the play during the game. So they've got to like, get a megaphone or something to shout at folk if they're messing about in the pool, which I thought was hilarious. But oh, aye, that, that, that would be that'd be my choice. <laughs> yeah, you just imagine Trevor Lawrence's 85 yard pass, Calvin Ridley's on the one yard line, and a lifeguard blows the whistle and they put the ball <laughs> <laughs> blow the tie, blow, blows the dead play, and everyone's absolutely raging. Can, can you imagine? Uh, can, can you imagine what like the Scottish football? I'm trying to think. What's the Scottish football equivalent of that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Some somebody in like the corner of Dingwall with one of these like inflatable lazy spas that you get at the Aldi, just sitting with like a bag of cans, just watching, just watching Scottish football with the rains like pissing down and stuff. Oh, this is amazing. Studs, we obviously know about Arrowhead and, and the noise it's made there. Um, but you can't pick Arrowhead, so where are you going to watch a game? Oh, for me, I, I must admit, I'm loving Smudger's idea, and if he doesn't get Jackson development speedos involved, then I'd be disappointed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, I was kind of stuck between two, and the re, initially when I first seen this question, I was like, right away, I thought of the history of the NFL, um, and I went, my head automatically went to the frozen tundra up at um, Lambeau Field. Um, I think that would just be a great place to go and watch a game. And then 
as I said, the reason I was stuck between two, it was another NFC North team. I remember watching the flyover in the game on Sunday night on Sunday night football between the Chiefs and the Vikings, and I just thought US Bank Stadium looked unbelievable. And then, as you mentioned, we were talking so much about that, the atmosphere and the noise coming out of the stadium, that skull chant. I can only imagine being in, in the stadium at that point. You're going to have goosebumps. Yeah. Good um, choice, good choice, studs. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about Green Bay in terms of that, but I'm like, nah, it's far too cold for me. I, I just, I can't <laughs> cope with that. Um, one of the ones that I think, it's not one I picked, but I gave me a bit of an action on Twitter about this one, was uh, Only Boy, he's, he's a Patriots fan. He, he picked it. Uh, the Seahawks, I think, again, and that's purely for atmosphere. Um, there's yeah. so many modern stadiums you want to see. We talked about the Raiders and seen that amazing stadium, but there's so many stadiums within the NFL that you go just purely for, for atmosphere. And obviously, spoke about Minnesota, Kansas City, Seahawks is another one where you go purely for atmosphere. Um, I don't want to get a see the Seahawks stadium, see, see the, the Hawks nest. And like yeah. it goes up to like a point then, but like, yeah. can you imagine being in like the very, very last seat? There's like, there must only be like, I don't know, a handful of seats right at the very end of that. But I think no I <laughs> just, just goes to a point, just one seat. I, I don't know. But see, but the think that that atmosphere in there is amazing. Can you imagine right. if they closed that in? What the atmosphere would be like if that was a, a closed in area? Because the amount of noise that they then generate would, would be unbelievable as well. Aye. It would be, uh, be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, obviously, having the best stadium in, in the NFL, I mean, I would also love to go to a Cowboys game, but can I pick a homer pick on this one? Um, it's a tough one. Uh, I mean, I, I, I visited uh, Santa Clara when I was in San Fran a couple of years ago, and uh, standing outside, that looked like an amazing stadium, and inside, uh, it was amazing. Atlanta, again, another modern stadium that just looks the, the part. Um but for me, because the city's number one on my on my place, I want to visit in, in America now. Um, it, it's got to be the Superdome in New Orleans. I just would love to visit the city, um, and and that's it's also one of the, the older domes in, in in the league. And I just think the city and everything in New Orleans with that, I would pick I'd pick the Superdome for that one for myself. Right. So let's nice next up, we'll do the rest in one, and it's not really the rest. I picked. I've picked six games that are probably could go either way or, or, or debate about who's going to win. I, I kind of avoided the, the the obvious ones like the Chiefs against the Broncos. There's no point in doing that in the rest of the one because we all know how that's going to go. Well, well, that's going to go. So what I'm going to do is going to go in a, in a clockwise motion. We'll scud Craig studs. I'm going to tell you the games in one word who's going to win. All right. So first, Titans at the Ravens. Or Titans v Ravens. Ravens. Greg. Oh, we did me as well. Ravens flock. Studs. I'll go Titans just to be different. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Ravens on this one as well. Uh, Texans, Saints. Dead uh, Texans. I'm Texans as well on this one. Stop copying me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm on the, uh, the CJ train. I'm going Saints, and I think CJ gets his first pick of the season. Ooh. Hey, bad, you'll be a chance. I'm all about, I'm all about the CJ train as well. I'm going Texans with this one as well. I think they're yes. starting to get a bit of, they're picking up momentum. He's, he's finding his feet. Yeah, I think we'll go with this one. Uh, Falcons against the Commanders. Ty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Falcons. I'll go, I'll go Commanders. Then Dan has to break the tie. That's a tough one. Sam Hill's been better than I think everyone most expected. Falcons have been a bit disappointed in certain aspects. Ah, I need to go Falcons. I can't go Washington. I can't go divisional team. I've got to go Atlanta. Oh, I tie with me. It's not the best place to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want splinters in my backside for sitting in the fence. <laughs> Uh, next one, um, two teams that one is an absolute dumpster fire, one that is a dumpster fire, but looks like they're a dumpster fire by the record. Uh, Bears and the Vikings. Bears. Screw you, Scud. <laughs> Vikings, come on. I'm going to no, JJ, no That's party. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, even without JG, I think. I mean, I think this could be one of the example where you te- see teams that have got that elite player when he's taken out of the game, they spread it about a bit more. And everybody yep, else watch, watch Addison, watch Osborne, watch Hawkinson. Everybody will take their fair shares. Yeah. Don't, don't be, don't think, be worried uh, too much about that. Yeah, I'm going to go defend. Vikings for me. <laughs> Purely because I've got them all in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Next one, uh, Raiders against the Pats. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Definitely Raiders. doesn't believe in his team, I'll believe in them. I'll go Pats. You're stupid, uh, Pats, <laughs> I mean, the Pats have absolute dumpster fire that nobody's seen coming. I know this is something that's going to be discussed on a, on a future pod. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Raiders here as well. Jimmy G come back to haunt the Patriots. All right. I'll go with Jacoby Myers, hot in the hot in the Patriots. Both of them, yeah, it's a great shout. Actually, I'm reading a wee bit earlier on. Uh, last <laughs> one. Maybe we'll do the same as what he done last year and pass one to the opposite team. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and any other week, you would think this game I'm going to talk about now could be, should be, and would be game of the week because of what you would expect from both teams. But I don't think it is, and I, and I think both teams. Are inconsistent and they'll tell you saying so Chargers and the Cowboys can I go last in this one um, nope <laughs> I'll go first if you want it doesn't bother me <laughs> I'll go Cow- Cowboys because I don't even know who's fit for the Chargers to be perfectly honest with you yeah um, Baker, Williams gotta go Cowboys in a rare moment, I'm going to agree with the guys. I'm going Cowboys as well, Dan. So it could oh, be a clean sweep for the Cowboys. Oh, the full house of the night. That uh, means you're getting beat. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I read you're talking about injuries. I think Eckler said he's, he's 99 point, he's 99% sure Eckler said he'll, he'll play. Nah, um, there you go. But, yeah, I mean, I'm also going to go Cowboys for this one. So first, first full house of the night. So thanks, guys, for cussing that one. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. So guys, we're, we're doing all right for time here, we've not, we've not got much long left, but we had a newbie feature in, because at this stage of the season where things are starting to pan out, uh, and we're seeing how teams are, are going to go, this again is going to be another a quick fire round, we're going to do a will they, won't they, so teams that haven't started as well as we expected, are they going to make the playoffs, this is the question, yeah, so will they or will they, will they not make the playoffs, we'll do it in the same, same order, Scud, Craig, Studs, the Chargers are 2-2, two two. are they making the playoffs? Yes. 
Have that a bigger reason or just say yes? No, no, just yes or no. Aye, aye. No, I don't know if they'll get a wild card, so I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. Yes. Okay. Another one who, a team that came into the season with really high hopes, but haven't set the fire to everything for, for obvious reasons. Jets, two and three. No. No. Don't think so. Not after Rogers getting injured now. No. no. No scene enough for Wilson to justify it. Excellent. So the next two teams I'm going to do is in a winner because they're both in the same division. They've both got the same records. Texans and Titans, both two and three. Yes and no. I think no for both. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be enough. I think. I think Jags for the AFC South. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be enough to get a say a wild card spot when you look at the other teams in the AFC. So I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm a, I'm a no for both as well. I think the Colts and Jags are going to take you two spots there. Yep. Uh, next one, Rams two and three. Aye for shits and giggles. Ooh. Nah, I don't. I, nah, I don't think they'll, they'll finish second in the NFC West. Um, nah, can't see it. Yeah, I, I've kind of missed. I've, I've been focusing on you guys. I'm, I'm, I don't think they'll either. Uh, three more to go. Packers two and three. I'll go first. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think the Packers, no. I'm a, I'm a no as well. Okay. And the last two, same division but different records. Browns, two and two? No. I don't think so either. Sorry, Brian. Nah. Right, and... It's but no. <laughs> the last one, just for Stu, Bengals, two and three. Yes. Oh, I just. <laughs> I'm going for a no because I'm pretty sure the schedule's pretty brutal. So I was you guys a bit like that. We was a quick fire. So we're going to finish with the last bit of usual with the fantasy stud and sleeper. So we'll go, um, we'll go around the table as we normally do. So quarterbacks, who's your sleeper? Who's your stud this week, Craig? Well. I don't really know if you would call it a, a sleeper as such, right? But I'm looking at this Texan Saints game, right? And CJ Stroud against the Saints. So the Saints have got a really decent secondary. You know, you've got Latmore, Taylor, guys like that who have managed to shut down like a lot of the kind of top wide receivers so far. Um, Stroud's done really, really well. Um, he's he's had a, I was having a look like he had a wee taste of uh, playing the Saints in preseason. Um, okay, I think he only had four passing attempts, but he actually scored a touchdown with one of them. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I just think like the Saints. Okay, like they won last week against a, a poor Pat side, but they've got they've got Alvin Kamara firing all cylinders, and they've got a decent quarterback in Derek Carr. So I think this is going to be potentially a really decent game. So my sleeper QB, and say it's not really a sleeper, but I'm picking him because. 
it's an interesting matchup. I'm going to go CJ Stroud. What happened to your stud to start with? Ah, well, okay, okay. So I'll go and sleep my first. Uh, stud, I think that's an easy one. Um, you, you'll find out later, Pat Mahomes against the hapless Broncos. Um, I think the, the passing game hasn't... Now, studs, you can probably pitch in this as well. Like MVS and Sky Moore. Uh, maybe hasn't really clicked and happened so far, but I think that's maybe all the more reason you might see Mahomes just saying, oh, do you know what, I'll just do it myself, scramble on the ball himself. Um, and then you've got the Broncos who are just hemorrhaging points everywhere. Their secondary is dire. Um, one of the worst defences in the entire NFL, and it's at, it's, it's at Arrowhead. So I think Mahomes could end up yeah, doing a lot. That that and uh, see, it's, it's the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, uh, the only thing I would say on that is the Broncos are hemorrhaging on the running side. Um, so you're they not going to have to pass on the line. Maybe. Also, so, uh, Aye, just run run it, yeah. True, true. What a link that is to me being on running backs next. <laughs> so my stud running back this week, believe it or not, is going to be Pacheco. Pacheco! He's just going to run all over the Broncos tonight. Um, I just can't see him stopping him at all. Um, I think that he's he's my stud. Sleeper this week is someone who I picked up in fantasy and who I thought was going to make it to this, and he's not really done it yet. Um, so my sleeper this week is going to be, as Craig will be happy to see, is Matson. I think he's got to have a breakout at some point. I think against the Bears could be a good game for him to do it. So I'm going to go with him as my sleeper this week. Uh, wide receivers, uh, Scud. I was between three for my top stud. Um, Hill, Moore or Diggs. I think I'm going to go Hill because I think uh, Miami are going to just dominate this game. I've actually forgot who they're playing. My heads up, Mars. I don't know who it is. Does it matter? I have seen it eventually. One point. Panthers. I see. Well, you <laughs> know you exactly go. why I see they're going to dominate. Um, but hell, like, I think I took Hill last year, last week. But I go again this because I, that they are the definition of dumpster fire. Um, so no, I'll go with Hill. Again, any three of them could. Well, I think they're going to do well this. Because again, you've got Moore against the Vikings, so it's going to be a high, it'll be a chuck it game, high scoring game. But um, I'll ah, I'll go with Hill. Sorry for rambling. <laughs> Are you a sleeper? I touched on it earlier. Um, I'm going to go with jo- Jacoby Myers. Um, again, there's other couple in the thing. I thought Jameson William might get more of a snap count this week, but I think Myers. Okay, interesting choice, and I can see exactly why you're going that way. Uh, Defences, who's going to who's going to be your, your stud this week, Craig? Uh, okay, they're a bit banged up, but um, Bills D against the Giants. Um, they're they're leading in, in sacks. They're fourth in the league for QB pressure, and, and we've already talked about what Seattle did to the Giants two weeks ago. Um, and it, we're not even sure if Daniel Jones might even play. I saw that they've signed Carson Wentz to their practice squad. Um, but, yeah, it could be interesting to see what happens over the weekend, who's actually going to suit up a quarterback for the Giants. But, yeah, I think the Bills D um, could could run amok. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he didn't practice again today, yesterday, but that neck injury he's got. Uh, Carson yep. Wentz is an interesting pick-up for him, like, 
you're a Giants fan, do you really do you want Tyler Taylor starting or do you want Carson Wentz starting? That's to me, that's a I'm going mm-hmm. Wentz all day long on that one, to be fair. Uh, right, so, who's, your no, sorry, who's your sleeper D? Uh, sorry, Scud, but just just because the parts have been not that great, I'm gonna go with the Raiders in this one. I was it was a coin toss between that and the, the, the Dolphins against Bryce Young and they won five Panthers, but I'm gonna go Raiders. Crosby's probably going to kill Mac Jones, so it's not a surprise you're saying that. <laughs> Excellent. Studs, you take it away with the last two. Who's, who's your stud tight end? Uh, I, I contemplated going a homer pick and going Kelsey and going the, the very easy route, but I'm going to actually fall back, who I believe Stu picked last week, and Hawkinson for the bikes. I think they have struggled against tight ends all season. And again, JJ injury. I think it was. I think he had a twenty-seven percent target share. Those targets have got to get, go somewhere, um, and you. I think you see Hawkinson, Addison, and Osborne all picking up some of that slack. Excellent. And uh, your sleeper. My sleeper was going to be Darren Waller because he's not really performed, um, but I noticed that he's been a limited participant um, this week. So with that in mind. I'm going to flip to a pick for your guys, Stan. I'm going to flip to Jake Ferguson, who I think we've started to see progressively more of as the season's went on. Um, I think he, he's going to have a big game against the Chargers. Yeah, just on Jake Ferguson, I think Dax, he's so inconsistent. He's been, Dax, my quarterback, has been really good at using tight ends in the past, and he's not really used Ferguson as much as I think he would. And obviously, that's probably the play call, but... I really like Jake Ferguson. I think he could be a good tight end for us. And actually, when I came to you, I was thinking the sleeper in my head was Jake Ferguson, so I'm glad you picked him. Um, I'd find the finish off. I'm not going to do this week to do kickers, so studs, you can have the honour of kickers this week. For me, kickers had this in my head earlier on. I'm going to go with Riley Patterson of the Detroit Lions. I think he's been absolute money for the most part of the season. Um, and again, high-powered offence, he's going to get plenty of opportunities uh, for me, so I'll go right with Parson. Excellent. I'm happy with that. He's on my fantasy team. And your sleeper? Um, I, don't, I don't really know if he's been a sleeper. Uh, Scud will be very familiar with this guy. Nick Folk seems to have been kind of quietly moving under the radar. Um, and what is, it, is it Tennessee, is that now? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I think I'm going go with get a wee interest in the London game this weekend and we'll go Nick Folk. I did, they played last week, I was watching Red Zone, I can't remember exactly the stat came up, but there was some sort of stat with him and his field goals under 50 yards, he's not missed one for a ridiculous amount of time. Oh, donkeys, donkeys mate, I can't remember the number, but it is a long, I long time. I out on Red Zone last week because he had three, three field goals last week and anything under 50 yards, he's not missed one for a stupid amount of time, so yeah, it's a good pick as well. Well, guys, we came to the end of the podcast. That was, that was a good chat tonight. I really enjoyed that. Uh, we got into a lot of detail about teams, and the we're getting to that stage of the season now where teams are, as I said, at the start. The teams at the top of the tree are starting to come evident. We'll now start to see teams at the bottom that are going to start thinking, "Oh well, we need to start looking at the next season already." We're, we're out of the running. Uh, by the end of this weekend, I think we'll have a couple more teams in that situation. Uh, some uh, college quarterback phones that aren't allowed to be phoned yet. I think we'll start getting hot over the next couple of weeks. Hey guys, thanks, thanks as always, guys. Thanks for tonight. Cheers, buddy. No problem.
Craig, let's hope your Vikings do well for my fantasy team this weekend. Hope so, mate. Hope so for my and, sanity as well that they get a win. <laughs> and studs, uh, there's no point even saying I hope the, the Chiefs get beat because it's just not going to happen, is it? <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. It's as routine as it possibly can be. Excellent, guys. Thanks for tonight again, guys. Well, everybody watching, listening, uh, the crew will be back on uh, Tuesday night for, for the review crew. Hopefully we've got some good chat out the weekend, a couple of surprises, a couple of games that we never thought we were going to talk about that we'll have have on Tuesday. Um, catch us everywhere you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube, on Twitter. Catch us on the follows. Catch us on the comments. Uh, leave us if you anything you want the crew to discuss over the next couple of weeks, let us know. There's a lot of talking points coming up. Um, thanks for joining us, and, and I'll catch you all soon.